deadline on Oak Street, mile three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding warrant the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com. Three, two, one. Never has there been a better time to be alive in human history. If you're not feeling it, you must discover why. Join Matthew Bolton in developing and applying a framework of objective optimism toward a flourishing life of meaning, health, and happiness. Here's your host, Matthew Bolton. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Mr. Brightside. I'm Matthew Bolton. So the title of today's show is Giving is Getting. Now, it's not a new idea, but it does have a qualifier that must be highlighted and properly understood. I think this concept is often taken to describe and justify some kind of losing in the short term to gain in the long term, which it kind of is yet isn't. So I want to distinguish giving from losing so that we're not trying to say losing is winning or something like that. In any case, my aim is to help us formulate a benevolent view of goodwill and generosity towards those around us versus the uninspiring concept of duty towards others, and that giving should make you feel good for the very fact of fulfilling said duty. It's much more uplifting than that. Now, you might say right away, how are you going to talk about this, Bolton, when I've heard you say that sacrifice is immoral and that we should seek gain and profit in our life? Well, yes, I'm all about gaining values. But I'm saying that to get anything, you must first have something by which to claim what you want. This is simply Say's Law, the great French economist Jean-Baptiste Say, which is essentially that production precedes consumption. Supply in this way is demand. Or, in simple terms for today's purpose, you must give before you get. Now, I do often refer to self-sacrifice versus self-promotion or self-interest, but these are both long-range concepts when defined rationally. But I don't want to get caught up in that conceptual web today. This whole issue came to me recently just in everyday experience. So what I'd like to do today is relay two particular experiences, and then we might derive the whole thing ourselves. Let us observe this truth in action, I say. The first instance was on my other podcast that I do with my brother Josh. It's a hockey podcast called Bolton from Bolton. In an interview with Tampa Bay Lightning Vice President of Premium Seating and Group Sales, Matt Hill, and that's the Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning, no less. And in that interview, he talked of Lightning owner Jeff Vinnick, who Matt calls hands down the best owner in professional sports. Mr. Vinnick is obviously proud of his city and wants to see it prosper. So let's play the clip first and then come back to analyze some of the curious points. The other program that I'll touch on and just briefly and tell me if you want me to, but the other one is that uh, a program called uh, the community hero program. And this was an idea that was, uh, was dreamed up where Mr. Vinnick wanted to find a way to make a positive impact in a community um, without him being directly involved other than his funds. So what he did is he created this program where every home game, so 41 games a year, he gives away $50,000 check to a community hero. And the community hero could be anybody. It's anyone who's doing something in the community that's making a positive change. So someone wouldn't, you know, Josh wouldn't nominate you. Josh Bolton, he's a community hero because of X, Y, and Z. And you get awarded this this uh, this this grant. So you come to the game, you're up in our Jable Community Hero Suite, a great partner of ours. During the second TV time out of the first period, we tell your story. So you're brought on to the Lightning Vision. One of the players introduces you and tells the whole story about what you've done in this community to, you know, make a positive impact. 
give you a $50,000 check. And then you take that 50 grand and give it to your charity of choice or charities of choice. So you think about that. We've been doing that for 10 years. That's over $20 million. The amount of people that have been impacted by that program, both the heroes, but even more importantly, the charities, you know, it's, it's, it's reached so far. And then so when it gets into the playoffs, he's like, let's do hundred grand a game for this round. Let's do one fifty grand. Like it just, the guy, the guy taught us, and it was taught to us by Todd and by Steve Riggs that, you know, we're a community asset and, you know, whatever we give to the community, the community will give back tenfold. And, and, and Mr. Vinnick, you know, built the perfect business model of creating an organic relationship between a community and a sports team. And this is the model and it worked and it's been, uh, it's been fun to, it's been fun to, you know, play a little bit of a part in it. Um, but really just kind of watch it, you know, evolve and from where it was to where it is now, you know, you win a Stanley cup and, you know, even though it's, it's COVID, but to watch Mr. Vinnick, you know, raise that cup over his head was there wasn't a person that wouldn't have done that. Like that's all they wanted for him to win that cup just because of all the things he did, has done for us in this community. You know, you see lightning flags everywhere now. You see lightning logos everywhere. You see the brand everywhere. And it's all because of what he's done and just how he's engulfed himself into this, into this community. Um, you know, it's, you know, I could, I could tell you stories. I, I don't know where you want me to stop, but you know, the things that, you know, he's done to make a positive impact on people here in Tampa, you know, is just unbelievable and uh, very fortunate to work for a guy like him. Isn't that all just a beautiful thing? Now, the most powerful phrase from all that for me was about how Mr. Vinnick succeeded in creating an organic relationship with the community and the team. So I want to jump on that, extract it, and savor it here for a second. An organic relationship. All right. Now, of course, now, Mr. Vinnick is a very wealthy man. He had been a successful head fund manager. He bought an NHL hockey franchise. But let's look at his view of how to grow a brand, a market, how to make money, and compare it to the typical image of a rich businessman or how people think you make money. So he says, let's give away $50,000. And you say, $50,000, right? You tuck that away in a vault like Scrooge, and you don't part with it for anything but a sure investment. You water down the beer. You find the lowest quality hot dogs you can find and pawn off as fresh, etc. But observe that in reality, in business as in personal relationships, abundance begets abundance. And if you assume a tenfold return, as Mr. Vinick vaguely assumed, giving more begets even more. So this Community Heroes program, it wasn't a calculated investment with a projected ROI of such and such that was a mostly clear gain. It was just him throwing out some money in a spirit of goodwill and community building. And then at playoffs, he's like, let's make it 100000 It's 150000 let's do, right? It's almost as if he were throwing it blindly and didn't care what he might get back in a fit of feeling the abundance and the goodwill it inspires in us and in others. Of course, he knows what he's doing. He did suppose that it would come back to them tenfold, although in reality there was no guarantee of any return, and I'm not even sure you can measure the return in any precise way still now. Yet, I tell you that I might suppose even more than a tenfold return is what he's earned for his brand. How invested is the community now? And then on top of all this, observe that his program is rewarding people who make a positive impact, who add to the community. It's a win-win-win-win with no clear end to the winning and no apparent losers, as I said. A beautiful thing. Now, I might add before we move on that there was a lot more than just that clip in the interview that speaks to the culture in the city of Tampa that surrounds the Lightning and how it's been nurtured. So it's really worth checking that out. So plug there for Bolton from Bolton. But let us move on now to emphasize that this is the true nature of creating an organic relationship of win-win, leading to perpetual growth and abundance. 
Now, this has just been illustrated in regard to a community, but as relationships are an integral component of a person's abundant and optimal life, this generous mentality is a key aspect of successful individual flourishing as well. And this phenomenon has become clear to me in my life in the past several years more than ever, as my wife and I have somehow worked ourselves into a seeming orbit of reciprocal, organic relationships where I can't really tell where the giving begins and the getting ends. I'll describe more of that briefly in a bit, but I want to focus on a particular instance that occurred in the wake of my Matt Hill interview and of being cast into thought on the Community Heroes program and that philosophy of organic community building. So amidst this clearer realization of all that stuff, My wife and I, a few weeks ago, went to a new lake park. We often go to Lake Como in a uh, new city near ours. That's right. They just uh, build new cities here in Korea all the time. They're just popping up all over the place. For real. In any case, it's a giant residential area built around a man-made lake. It has all kinds of shopping and restaurants and park facilities and all sorts. We regularly go there uh, for coffee and to walk around, spend some time, etc. So on this particular Saturday, we went into an Italian restaurant that has big windows looking out into much of the park and the lake. And on this day, there was some trio uh, playing some sort of jazz, like the main guy was a trumpet guy. They were setting up outdoors to play. So it was just, you know, it was a sunny day. There was a great mood. And with nothing in front of us but our own amusement, we didn't even have uh, evening plans this Saturday. We just said, hey, why don't we get a bottle of wine? Right, So uh, we order the wine, and the girl comes first with only a glass of wine. I suppose she didn't take us for raging alcoholics. She's, you know, they couldn't really have ordered a bottle, did they, at 2 p.m.? Well, in any case, I was very sure not to touch the glass as I told her we had ordered a bottle, expecting that she would take the glass and bring back the bottle. Uh, But they came out with a bottle and invited us to keep the glass on the house. So it was all very pleasant, and there was a good impression on both sides that was quite palpable. So we enjoyed our meal, table next to the window, our wine and the music, and after mostly finishing our food, a woman who seemed to be the owner comes out with a slice of tiramisu with her compliments, right? So she explained that she thinks that this tiramisu was really exceptional and like we have a particularly good one and we really wanted to make sure you tried it. And of course it really was. It was some kind of a different level than the ones you see in most coffee shops and even in bakeries around here. In any case, we had already got the free glass of wine. And then we get this second bit of what Koreans call service, that's service. Um, it, it's what they, the term they use for like on the house. Um, we then thought that we ought to reciprocate. We were like, well, we should probably buy something now, right? And, and besides, the chocolate dessert needed something to go with it as well. So we ordered two glasses of red wine. And yes, we are aware of coffee. Now, after this meal and experience, we found ourselves in a mood of wanting to support this business, these people. We were moved to a fit of generosity and extravagance all at once. I don't just mean that we wanted to give up our lives for these people, right? Again, I'm describing some kind of indefinable organic state that was many parts self-indulgence mingled with wanting to provide them with a sale. In any case... What happened was that we wanted to buy the wine we had had with our lunch. They were selling the wines at the counter, um, as well as a bottle of the olive oil that we had had, uh, which they were also selling. And after all that was done, the girl working at the counter then presented us with two takeout coffees. Now, this restaurant is an extension of a coffee chain called Terra Rosa that is in the same building and that we often go to, so they are set up for that. But I, I know it's not complimentary takeout coffee. It's not part of the lunch set or anything. Again, she just wanted to give us more value. I also wonder how much the girl just thought we were a little bit shit-faced and was like, hey, you guys had better take a coffee. In any case, I ask you, who won? Who lost? I don't know. I know we won. We won big time. I think they thought they won. They made a lot of sales. So wait now then. It was win-win. Look at that, right? And and I describe it uh, as something really impossible to calculate. And I can only borrow for our new expression from the Matt Hill interview to describe it as an organic relationship. 
which I can tell you persists today as my wife and I now have an affinity for that place. We're going to be back to support them and, of course, to enjoy ourselves. And, you know, to emphasize the point more, uh, as we were paying the bill and buying the extra bottles and all that, the girl who works there who gave us the coffee obviously had a pride in the place, too. She was not like a typical part-timer. She seemed really invested, knowledgeable, efficient, helpful. She was explaining the wines and the olive oil, etc. to us. It was as if she were an extension of the owner who had delivered the tiramisu herself to us earlier. And she was all bowing and saying thank you a lot, and we were saying thank you, and each were just thanking the other too much. What were we thanking each other for? Well... I suppose, again, that both sides thought we had gotten more than we gave. Now, I've referred to abundance a lot already here today and on the show in general, and that's because all of this is not possible to a fixed scarcity mindset, which in my view is a feature of pessimism. I've said on other shows that generosity is only possible to a person with a growth abundance mindset, and this is the mindset and MO my wife and I have grown to operate within, and it's win-wins all around. We give so much all the time. Like, we're out and we see something that would be good for our friends. We say, oh, let's get that. Uh, We're going somewhere to meet with someone or some other gathering coming up. My wife always goes the extra mile to add more and more, to make something, to buy something, to give something more than expected, and that will delight our friends. But I don't even notice it on the debit side of the ledger. And of course, we are constantly the receivers of the generous abundance of all the relationships we've built that work organically this way, both spiritually and materially, I might say at at least a tenfold return. Now, yes, in our case today, this giving is facilitated more by money, which we didn't have when we were younger, but I assure you we're far from rolling in it, right? I assure you there's something I could do very well to buy for myself, but which I could never justify buying with that same money that will will have no problem spending to bring someone else something. I assure you that my wife will walk away from a bottle of wine because it's a few dollars more than she cares to pay for that one, or that she's online choosing olive oils because there's a deal that will save a dollar or two. An abundance mindset doesn't mean that you are reckless or don't recognize any limits. And by the way, I also don't mean here to highlight all of our giving to show what good people we are or something. I mean, even take that Terra Rosa example. We bought the wine and olive oil for ourselves to consume. What I'm arguing is that a person's virtue is earned by what they make of themselves and their own lives, not how much service they can be to others. Although at the same time, I am arguing that when you do make the most of yourself, you are more and have much more to give for others, and you inject abundance and goodwill into the world. So... Uh, To that other point about the money, it's not necessarily about spending money on others. It could be through action that you express generosity and giving. Whatever the means of its expression, it's about the focus away from the grabbing and clinging scarcity mindset that even a rich Scrooge can allow to be his reality, and instead focusing on the abundance you have and being filled with the generosity it inspires within you. You can choose the way you see this stuff. Again, this is not all new. Doubtless, you'll have your own way to put things, and I mostly hope that this has made you think of examples in your own life. I see this kind of organic cycle of goodwill, generosity, and abundance among friends, families, and communities all the time, and I'm sure you can recognize it too. What we're doing today is to stop and examine what makes such things possible, what kind of mindset is necessary to nurture in order to participate in such a benevolent and abundant world. So please do share those stories and experiences with me and with other listeners now. Get in the comments section and give me your take on all this. Ask me questions about mine. Help me clarify what I'm trying to identify and articulate here. And of course, please do share this interview with others. Giving is getting. And I thank you guys for all that. The main point today is that to a fixed scarcity mindset, giving is losing. And that it is only to a growth abundance mindset that giving is getting. And thus it is only to such people that authentic generosity is possible. And this is all a matter of focus. And it's up to each and any of us to simply make the choice to see the abundance in our lives before we can eventually come to truly feel and share in the beauty of organic win-win relationships. 
I'm going to wrap the point here now in slightly different terms by confessing a guilty pleasure song. I used to really like the new radical song, You Only Get What You Give. Yeah, it's a little teen boppy and all that, but it can still today give me a lift when I'm running on the road. I often do skip it, of course, but sometimes I let it play if I really need a boost. As hearing those lines, it makes me run harder. It says, you only get what you give, and I'm like, yeah, screw that, right? I'm going to give more right now, and I just start running faster. If I want to gain, I have to give. It says law. There is no demand without supply. Boy, is it true in exchange with the universe in regard to one's own physical health and self-esteem or any other rational value one wants to gain. But it's also true in interpersonal relationships. You only get what you give. Well, in fact, you get way more. It's a beautiful thing. I'll see you guys next time. Mr. Brightside, your time out to refresh, refuel, and refocus your mind and energy toward building an optimistic framework for flourishing. Life is good. It's up to you to choose the bright side. 